Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Super excited that you're listening in. Today, we're going to do another lightning round. Now, the lightning round is all about, I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can, and I get most of these questions off of my YouTube channel. And so, uh, let me go through them, and whatever I can do in 10 minutes is all I can do. First question, let's jump in there. It comes from, I'm going to butcher the name, but here it goes, Arnav Bardwaj. Arnav Bardwaj. He says, hey, Victor, I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur from India. Ooh, I like you already. And just want to take a moment and say thank you for doing what you do. Ah, oh, that's pretty cool, Arnav. Thank you very much. Uh, creating the lovely content that you create. And also, I have a question. I figured you would. I have a major, major problem tracking wealthy customers as I am into high-end real estate market and want to know how to get to this wealthier customer base, i.e., which marketing slash customer acquisition techniques to use to get them. Thanks and thank you for reading this if you did, which I did. Now, you're 18 years old and you're going after wealthy clients. Man, I like you a lot already. So, Arnav, here's the deal. The question I always ask myself is, where do you find wealthy people? That's the question I want you to ask yourself, Arnav. Where do wealthy people hang out? What events do they attend? That's the first step. Now, one of the things you're going to have to overcome is obviously your age, right? The perception that you're too young. But I'm going to assume that you're good at what you do and you'll be able to do that. So where do these people hang out? Well, here's some suggestions. Again, broad marketing stroke. For example, many wealthy people who've achieved their goals, right? They're successful, they've done all the things they want to do, turn to joining different types of programs. For example, a lot of wealthy people like to volunteer. So there are a lot of volunteer programs out there. There's a lot of community programs where they actually, you know, help the community grow. And one of my favorite places to look for wealthy clients is charity and fundraising events. See, again, wealthy people like to do this. They want to become part of the community now. You know, as Maslow put in his hierarchy of needs, right? They've reached that pinnacle of self-actualization where they now want to start giving back from the heart, wanting to work with people. And I want you to remember that. Most wealthy people don't worry about money anymore. They're focused on quality of life that they're leading. Remember that, Arnav. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. Most wealthy people don't worry about money. They're focused on the quality of life that they're leading. So when you sell to them, keep this in mind. It's not about making more money in many cases, right? It's really about how can I help you improve your lifestyle, do the things you want to do. So again, check out volunteer programs, community programs, charities, and fundraisers to see if you can find some folks. Arnav, next question comes from, name is Core of Heart One says, hey, Victor, a competitor of mine is trying to eat my market share by working on negligible profit margins. What do you suggest I do? Do I also slash the prices of my product or try something else? P.S. Ignore the name of my account. That was a childhood mistake. Tia. I don't know what that means, Tia, but nonetheless, let's answer your question, okay? Now, one, Tia, please, please, please. Do not slash your price. I mean, just the word slash your price really makes me cringe. Don't slash your price. We call that a race to the bottom. And what I mean by that is, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to cut your price, in your case, slash your price, and your competitor is going to do the same thing. Then you're going to come back and do the same thing. And eventually, that's what they call a race to the bottom, right? Nobody wins. Nobody makes money. So what I need you to do is 
what can you do differently with your product or service? Because it's never really about price. Now, if you're selling a commodity, I don't know what you're selling. If you're selling a commodity, sometimes it's hard to you know differentiate yourself. But let's say if you're selling a product that's also a non-commodity, there's so many ways that you can differentiate yourself. So my question to you is, what can you do differently? How can you sell the product differently? In a world today where every product looks the same, I call that you know product parity, all products begin to look the same, what can you do differently, Tia, that really stands out? And maybe it's just little services here and there. It could be simply, you know, we made more phone calls. We actually visit customers, Victor. We actually help them write up this. We help. What are some things that you do? And that's what I would focus in on. What is the personal touch that you give your clients that your competitor doesn't do? Remember this phrase. It's not what you sell. It's how you sell. Let me say it again. It's not what you sell. It's how you sell, Tia. So I want you to think about how you're selling. Stop focusing so much on the product, and let's talk about how you're actually selling it. Look, I sell sales training services, and there are a lot of sales traders out there, a lot of sales trainers. And what I try to do is I try to create value. Even by answering pod questions on a podcast like this, I am trying to create value that my competitors won't take the time to do. So what can you do? to actually add value to what you're selling. And if you can't find a way to add value, then here's the bad news. It may be time to leave the market if there's no profit. If there's no profit, it's time to find something else to sell. That's my answer to you, good luck. Next question comes from Jose Chavez. Jose says, can you give me advice on what to say when you're trying to sell a retirement plan and the customer says that he needs to talk to his financial advisor? Oh, Jose, that's a great question. That's almost like the I'll think about it, but in a different form. Now, Jose, in this case, here's what I want you to think about. You need to know, one, is that excuse a real excuse or is it a stall? Is it a real excuse or is it a stall? In other words, does that person really need to talk to their financial advisor or are they just saying that to get rid of you? And so that's one of the first things you have to qualify. What do they mean? So I would ask them, well, who is your financial advisor? Who are your who are you working with? That's a more polite way of asking. You know, I would ask them, if somebody says, look, I need to talk to my financial advisor, I would say, well, that's great. Who are you working with? Right? And they're gonna say, well, I work with certain, certain gentlemen, and they may or may not give you the name, or they may give you the company name, but not the person's name. It says, great, well, tell me about some of the great advice that they've given you so far, some of the things they've been working with you on. And notice again, I'm not trying to say, don't use your financial advisor. I'm saying, yeah, well, let me know more about your financial advisor, because I wanna see how this plan fits. Notice I'm trying to become his friend first, right? I'm trying to get to know his worldview, how he thinks. And by asking those, you know, who is your financial advisor? What type of advice do they typically give? Does that include retirement plans? Yes or no? And then ask them these questions. Now, if they're just trying to get rid of you, they're not gonna answer any questions, right? Well, I don't wanna share that with you. Well, I can't tell you that. If they start doing that, then you know right now, they don't wanna to talk to you, and something in your presentation you didn't do right. In other words, Something in your presentation wasn't effective enough to cause them to go, you know what, I really want to listen to you. So keep that in mind. If they're not giving you information, it's most likely they're trying to get rid of you for one of two reasons. One, they don't like you. Two, you didn't show enough value in your presentation that they go, you know, I just want, I don't want to work with you. That's really it. Now, the second thing is that 
when somebody says to me, you know, again, I'm working with somebody, I'll ask them, who are you working with? And if they said, no, no, I'm working with ABC Company and I'm working with Bob, right? Or if, Jose, I'll just assume maybe you're down south in Mexico, guess what? You know, I'm working with Pablo Suarez over here and that's what he does, right? And that's great. So then your follow-up, again, ask the same questions. Well, what are you working on? What are, some of, what, what are some of the things he's saying to you? What are some of the things your financial advisor is saying to you? And then ask him, what has he said about your retirement plan? And this way you can gauge how much the guy actually knows. Now, again, this is very critical that you do that, okay? And then lastly, what you want to do is, if I want to get together with, he has to get together with his financial planner, why don't you ask to join in? right? You say, great. You know, why don't we do this? Why don't we set up a meeting for us three so I can sit down with your financial planner and then we can look at the whole picture and then I can explain to him as well what we're working on. Will Monday or Wednesday be good for you? Now, again, what you want to do is gauge their reaction in terms of whether they're for real or not, Jose. If they're for real, they go, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's get both of you together like that. I can have the best plan available. That's my advice to you. Hope that helped. Last question. Kashif Ibrahim says, Hi, Victor. I'm working in sales, and since I'm watching your videos, I am doing better day by day. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I would request if you can add slides in your podcast regarding your topic and key points that you discuss that will give me a clear picture of your lectures. Thank you very much. Uh, Kashif, here's what I'll ask. I'll say, I got a better idea for you. If you like the podcast, right, because people want to listen to them, they don't want to see. If you like the podcast and you want some information from the podcast, go to a website called Rev, R-E-V, R-E-V.com, and they will transcribe it for you. In other words, they will write out the whole podcast for you, and it's only going to cost you $1 per minute. So if you like a podcast and it's 10 minutes long, it's going to cost you 10 bucks for them to transcribe all the notes. They'll deliver it in Word document, and you'll have all the notes you want, and then you can extract the information that you want. Anyway, that's it for this Sales Influence Podcast Lightning Round. I almost hit the 10-minute mark. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Let me know what you think. Also, check out my online sales training platform, the Sales Mastery Academy. A lot of people are signing up. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. If you are serious about increasing your sales ability, go to salesmasteryacademy.com. US. That's salesmasteryacademy.us. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes, but the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.